Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me, as usual, is my brother and co-host, Jesse Gleason. Hello, everyone. And with us this week on the line, not on assignment this time. Assignment finished. (laughs) Assignment's over. Is our Florida connection, Phil Jakes. I can't believe we keep finding these. This one was basic. Days? They got that backwards. Kind of started off with a Days of Thunder theme song. Why are they all wearing Now he's seeing a tryhard. glass guitar head. We had to make it go a little longer, I guess. All right. <laughs> we put Phil through enough misery. Okay. 4.2. <laughs> All that for 4.2. <laughs> oh, That's man. That's being generous. I didn't think it was horrible, but uh, it eh. wasn't horrible, but it was terrible. Yeah. Whatever. It's horrible. It's so, terrible. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I guess that's one way of putting it. All right. Uh, it wasn't god awful. It was just disgraceful. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't bad. It was just awful. All right. So we usually start our episodes off with personal updates. And as it's still February, we're not, well, I say we in the collective as the majority in New England, we aren't racing yet. But the minority down in Florida uh, is kind of piddling around with racing. I might as well give kind him of. the floor. Yeah, yeah, we might as well just ditch the northern guys and just go straight to the the hub of racing. Yeah, straight to something that happened. Well, I've already kicked off my season. Uh, that that started back in January <clears throat> uh, at the Freedom Factory in DeSoto. Qualified eleventh in that race after struggling terribly in practice. Uh, and then we were running side by side with Bubba Pollard for God, twenty laps, having a ton of fun. Caution came out and on the ensuing restart just got wrecked in a bottleneck that nothing I could do there, but had fun with that. Was supposed to race two other times already. Was supposed to race Auburndale for the second SRL sportsman race of the season and got COVID really fucking bad. Ooh. And then Weak genetics. Once I re- say again, weak genetics. Oh, dude, that shit, <laughs> that shit kicked my ass. I was crawling to the freaking studio here to watch the SRL race that Saturday. I felt like shit. Jesus, all I had was a cough. I was out. <laughs> no, no, Phil, I was out of work for two weeks, dude. Yeah, it was I was horrible. I was flat on my back Thursday and Friday before yeah. the race, surrounded by weak <gasps> and- genetics. 
yeah. the body <laughs> aches were just unbearable. I just I couldn't move. It was ridiculous. Just but anyway, after, after I missed Auburndale, I decided to get the car ready for New Smyrna so it could sit in the trailer all weekend because uh, Brent and I kind of made a collective wise call uh, and decided to skip that race looking at the forecast. And they threw the green flag at midnight. They got 11 laps in and then called the race. And did they even make it up today? No. How much? No, they, they called it right at 11 laps. So now everybody just has a practice set of tires that they spent $850 on. Oh, yeah, tires were $850. Fun. No, no refunds, right? <laughs> of course yeah, not. Yeah, no, no refunds. No refunds. No. I get Hoosier no damn refunds. Scam tires. Yeah, they're only good for a race anyway, so. Pretty much. <laughs> the, Ameri- the American racer is at least durable. <clears throat> the Hoosier is just junk. If you heat cycle it more than once, it's junk. Yeah, yeah, they've they've from the top down. They've always been uh, uh, they really figured built out built on to, speed, not on reliability. Right? They really figured out how to bilk the consumer. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> I, get, I gave a lot of updates. <laughs> Say what? Mm-mm. I said you can't sell tires if they last. Oh well, that's fair. <laughs> but uh, I guess what is it? The mass mass street stocks—they do a pretty good job there. Yeah. They do a good job with that. Yeah, they do. I don't think they should run on 10-inch tires because the... I think all street stocks should run on 10-inch tires every now and then because it's fun. All right, yeah. You have to try it. (laughs) I know. I got to try it. But you sold all the tires. Never mind. That's just (laughs) not a road I want to go down. down 10-inch tires on a street stock. That yeah. goes hand in hand to me with the 15 inch tires on an SK Light. Get that shit off there. It's it's fun for a one off every now and then. It's really good. It's I mean, awesome. so is a fat chick. <laughs> what, every once in a while, you said? Every once in a while. Oh, here comes the internet. I can hear the helicopters. Oh, so anyway, what else do you have going on down there? Uh, well, my next race is going to be March. Fourth, I think it is. Uh, I haven't actually looked at the date. It's either March first or March fourth. It's a Saturday at Citrus County Speedway with the SRL Sportsman Series. Uh, car is going up to RFD Motorsports on Wednesday. Going to get a couple things done to the front end, uh, notably a jack screw that just doesn't want to move. So who ramrodded that thing? Uh, Man, that was part of the new Smyrna rush, and I'm not proud of what I did, but I did what I had to do to had that, get the car ready. He had that. He had that COVID strength. <laughs> I had a four foot breaker bar on that thing, trying to get past all the goobered up threads from the previous one. Oops. I'm sitting there before it happened. I'm sitting there. I'm cranking rounds in the right rear because I needed to get the the rear end of the car up in the air a little bit. So I put a couple rounds in, and I was sitting there watching, and the left front just goes do. I was like, what the fuck was that? Uh, and I watched the scale numbers just go bananas. I was like, well, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> I was literally oh well. done. Car was ready. I'm waiting for that to happen to mine because mine are a little bit tough. I'm always, Well, this thing had. I'm always spraying oil into them constantly. Yeah, this thing had aluminum jack screws in it, which it will again. But now it's going to actually have Zerk fittings on the on the screw posts whatever the hell you call them the nuts yeah that way you can actually so, grease the poor thing and it won't 
completely strip out on you. Yeah, I was putting anti-seize in there every time I would do anything, and it still wasn't helping. I just dropped, so like, motor oil down the threads and just let it seep. Just because I have it. That's one way to do it, too. Yeah. Anyway. But, yeah, I mean, other than that, spent a bunch of time at New Smyrna and that utter shit show that that place is uh, during Speed Weeks with Daniel Webster and his super and then uh, had Tim Sozio and Paige Rogers, who's a Rev Racing Development driver. She came down and she rented Daniel's RFD1 car. Uh, so we had those two in the race on Friday and Saturday for the sportsmen. So spent some time there. Uh, that place doesn't know how to run big shows at all. It was a mess. <laughs> oh, man. That's unfortunate because you really want places like that to survive, too. And it's like, can't you? This is your bread and butter and you can't get it off. It's like, come on. Yeah. And they, they probably brought in something like three and a half to four million dollars. Just through front gate ticket sales. Well, what do you, I know they. Oh, it was like, uh, what, what, what was uh, what was the problem? What were they doing wrong? Oh, so it starts on parking day. There's no parking maps, no flow of traffic plan, no way of lining up the haulers to bring them in. It was Here utter fucking chaos. Let's wind them up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. There you go. It, so, so you can't even park. So you're already starting no, downhill. Daniel hauled two trailers up there and it took, he sat there for six hours, I think he said. And they moved two car lengths in, in line. Like <laughs> he said it was an absolute disaster. And, and it's been oh, like that. Man. And and it doesn't need to be. Like park groups or divisions with their said cars have a flow of traffic map so people know how to get through tech because the tech shed's right in the middle of everything. You know, th- there's <laughs> ways to go about this. Obviously, we know from Thompson. Yeah, we Thompson, saw that for we, years. We've always complained about Thompson, but it's like, well, everybody shows up before the gate opens and then complains that there's traffic. <laughs> like, well, right, yeah. but I mean, even at the <laughs> Snowball Derby, they they park very similarly. Tons of haulers in the infield. And they have parking maps, and they have people there lining up haulers to come in and sending them to their designated areas, and like it's done efficiently. This was just done like they said, "Oh, we got a race next week. Let's park." Yeah, there's a race car spot open. Go there. And where were you Jim parked? Bob, that's you. And where were you guys parked? At the Seven Eleven across the street. Oh no, I meant like where's the division park? Oh, did you park where you park? Inside or outside the racetrack? We were outside turn four, which has never previously been a pit area. <laughs> it's like opening up the parking lot at Waterford. Well, that's what no, I'm, it was. That's what I'm saying. It was the beach. It literally oh. was the beach. It was beach sand. <clears throat> that's how did jack stands? Spot. How did jack stands hold up on beach stands? Probably about as good as mud, like in Thompson. <laughs> well, thankfully, we use flat bottom fixed jack stands. We don't use adjustable Harbor Freight that will murder you. Yes, that's half the fun. <laughs> but uh, they they actually stood on it pretty well. The floor jacks, not so much. We needed to go and get some card, uh, not cardboard, uh, plywood. So we found some scrap plywood and got that to work. But we shouldn't have. I mean, to. I, I don't <laughs> mind parking out there. It is what it is. I'm glad to see the place have 
a huge turnout. There was something like 45, 602 mods and 40 something uh, tour mods. Hmm. It was really, really good car counts, tons of prolates. That's a whole nother discussion with the money in that class. Oh, God. Yeah, they're becoming the new supers. Like awful I just quick. hope it doesn't start seeping down into what I'm doing. Dude, guys are already in like supers and prolate models going to wind tunnels for fuck's sakes. Like, Not, are you kidding we're me? We're on pull-down rigs. Yeah, pull-down rigs and shakers and, and freaking wind tunnels. And it's like, bro, come on. Seriously, it's, it's the it's a lot of the racers' fault that there's out of control cost in racing because they do it to themselves. I can't wait to see the day when super teams have full paid engineers on staff. Some of them do. Well, yeah, I kind of figured that. But I mean, it was just good car counts all the way around, and for the most part, really good, clean racing. It wasn't an utter shit show like every race, like it has been in the past. I will be fair and say that the cleanup time was a lot quicker this year. Yeah, they had three buggies instead of two this year. <laughs> well, they have to bring some. Did they have to import some people from uh, the Yankee states? They did for all the racers. <laughs> there was. I heard Mark Saint Hilaire possibly was a, a tech official down there. I did not see him, uh, so I don't know if he was working with the tour or or what was going on. He but I heard just, he was around. He might have just gone to watch. <laughs> Who knows? No, I was told that he was brought in as an official for something, so Very I don't good. know. All right. Very good. No idea. Sure, but, uh, Florida and work. I mean, that sounds like fun. Sean, Sean Waddell was everybody's radio guy. Well, he always is. A lot of but, people yeah. loved him, mostly the Yankees. <laughs> a lot of people I heard saying that he was a, a very blunt asshole. I was like... Yeah, welcome yeah, to Sean. We love him because yeah. he's Sean. Yeah, that's literally Sean. Thank you. You've, you've just met him, haven't you? Yes, it's like, <laughs> welcome to Sean. You can't get mad at him. We yeah. love him. No rats. So um, I did not get over to see him. I saw Paul French. I saw a bunch of people down here. Cody Rose. Yeah. A lot of people came Which down for that. They, I saw a bunch of people who went just to watch. Oh, there was tons of people floating around. It was crazy. I'm just really happy that they had tons of car count. Like, they had great modified car counts. 602 showed out. Tour mods were constantly on on point for uh like at least 30 to f between 30 and 40 cars prolate models were decent supers were decent the srl or was it the super southern super series the asa yeah, deal southern super series they had yep. like almost 40 cars i'm like i'm so glad to see car counts it's just yeah and it yeah. was it was only a 10,000 win race too so that was a huge car count for that and it was 500 to start it was probably for points yeah, for Southern Super Series points, yeah. Yeah, I figured that would draw people in. I will say something, too, about the 602 Modifieds. I mean, everybody knows I'm not a huge Modified guy overall, but I stood up off of Turn 2 uh, right at the gate for probably 20 laps of one of their features, uh, one of their cleaner features. <laughs> and with the 4-barrel... And the 10-inch tire, I'm going to say it again, Stafford needs to go to that. Watching those cars well, dance and slide around, coming up off the corner, the drivers having, you could hear them playing with the throttle. It wasn't just, Bleh! like, you hear all the freaking modifieds come up off the corner. I think the all, They're all playing SK with the throttle. Be, doesn't matter what track it is. Well, that's what Thompson, he's saying. Thompson, Stafford, yeah. Waterford, that'd be kind of cool, man. 
Yeah, but Stafford is the rule maker. They, uh, everybody follows them on the modifieds, and rightly so. They kind of the the creators of the class when it comes to both of them. So well, not only that, but, but they like to claim that, and and I get it. But they have the best counts and the best competition, so everybody's going to follow it. Obviously, I think it's the best low horsepower modified track. I think Thompson is the best tour mod track. Oh, bar none. It's a tour mod track. Um, but yeah, I, I, we, I think we've all been saying that for years, maybe over a decade at least since the division started, that these cars, the 602 cars, it's a great concept. And it's great to have these kids be, you know, have a, a stepping stone or training wheels. But uh, when you look at the horsepower to grip ratio, uh, the 602s have way, un- they're way underpowered for what tire they have. Yeah, they they're starting to uh, build a class, a 602 class at Smyrna right now. And I keep saying if it goes past 20 cars, I'm going to build one. I mean, it's not a bad idea. I mean, a 10-inch tire, let's be fair. The modifieds, no matter what kind of modified you run, you're going to be buying tires every week if they're available. Thank you, shortages. But they're going to be buying as many tires as they can all the time with a modified. What's the difference if they're 10-inch tires between... 12 or 14 or whatever the hell they run now. It's probably well, going to cost them less. Yeah. And well, in, even, in another even with the SK lights right now, they only have a one tire week rule. Right. But well, another point is to learn is the lessons learned on the way to driving the big cars is you're not going to be learning a heck of a lot. I don't think, I mean, you will learn a little bit of things, but just flat footing it pretty much the whole way around with an underpowered, overhandled car. Are they even hitting the brakes going in? That's what I mean. I don't even know. It's it's tough. I think, Never I think you're going to learn a lot more with a little bit more power and a lot less handling, and then you can learn how what kind of how the suspension and everything reacts a little bit easier. It's basically having the same driving car, but at lower speeds. If you give them a little right. more, little more carburetor and a little less tire, you're gonna even out that ratio, basically. It would be interesting to see. I would love to see it up here. Turn them into wheelmen. Yeah. They would probably go just as fast as they go right now, time-wise. they just handle worse. Right. You'd have a little bit more time in turn, but they would have more motor down the straightaway to catch back up. Mm -hmm. And it's not like they would look that goofy either. But anyway. I mean, we've seen them them run the four-barrel just on the regular big tires. And those cars scream that way. So I think taking the tire away would, would be the absolute ultimate balance there. And I think they would race better than a tour mod at Stafford, which probably something they would be worried about. <laughs> well, let's also be fair here. A 10-inch tire is not a small tire by any means. No, but... That's a super late model tire. You know, so it's going to be grippy. But you're going to take two inches of tread off of each side. And that's just going to balance the ratio out. I think it would offer better racing and also allow these guys and girls to uh, learn if they're going to move up to an SK because... Track was the same. You'll have the same ratio, basically. Track was the same. The patch Uh, is smaller. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. What else is going on in Florida? Let's just keep it rolling here. Nothing, really. We got a regular sportsman race at Auburndale, 50 Hmm. laps this week. And super late models at Citrus County Speedway. How many of those are you working? Uh, 
whichever one we decide to go to, we don't know if we're taking the Sportsman to Auburndale or the Super to Citrus yet. All right. At least we, uh, well, I was out in the garage today. It was, God, what was it, 50, 55 degrees up here again? Shorts weather. Absolutely. For you. Yes. For the morbidly <laughs> obese, it is shorts weather. Yeah, I had the door open to the garage all day. Uh, I just put a new video out on my YouTube channel if anybody wants to check that out. YouTube.com slash Brent Gleason. Pretty easy to find if you know who I am. Um, but it, I just did a video about testing out my new welder. I went and tried welding four different types of welding on one machine with zero experience, except for MIG welding. So I tried TIG welding, I tried stick welding, I tried aluminum spool gun welding. It was fun. I like learning new stuff, but uh, you can see the progression in the video. It's pretty interesting. So check that 50 minutes of hell out. Uh, th- yeah, that video went way longer than I expected it to, and I'm like, uh-oh. So I was like cutting stuff out and yeah, I usually don't do that, but I cut was... Cut out the worst booger, booger welds? No, I didn't cut the welds out. I cut out dialogue. I was just cutting myself out. I'm like, nope, don't need this part. Cut this out. I'm like, it's way too long. You don't need to watch an hour-long damn episode of this. Uh, but we're going to anyway. Yeah. Anyway, if anybody hasn't subscribed, please go over there and do that because that helps me out a lot, and it's free to do. Kind of like subscribing to this show on your podcasting platform. It's free and it helps us out. All right. With the algorithm. Yeah. So I was in we there. We promised to suck this year. I mean, I was, yeah. <laughs> we we try. Um, I was in the shop and I'm just kind of like in between videos. So I said, all right, well, this place is horrific. So I tried cleaning it and I was literally at my workbench, which is not a workbench. It's now just a storage shelf. And I'm picking up buckets of bolts and screws and hardware and all this other garbage right and i'm going through trays of this stuff i'm like i haven't touched this crap in years and i had so many nuts bolts washers and etc like hardware i had no idea where to put it so i had like bolt boxes being built and god what a tedious process i spent hours in there and i never left my workbench i'm like this is gonna take a while so yeah, I'm basically in clean shop mode. Car is uh I don't think it's any further ahead than it was last week. It might be a little bit. Uh I tried painting the frame, but since I had only Krylon and that is basically like blowing like food coloring through a straw cuz it just doesn't work. Uh by Rustoleum if you're going to paint your car. Anyway, uh <laughs> I wish they sponsored me cuz then I wouldn't have to pay for it. But yeah, I tried painting the frame, saw how crappy it came out, and basically threw the can of brand new spray paint away because it's trash. Um, I will get that painted. I don't want to have an ugly, rusty car. Maybe I can have something nice for once. That would be good. Uh, And otherwise, I just am at the point where we're pretty much done reassembling. We're going to basically hook the rear suspension up, springs, shocks, bleed brakes, inspect the rear diff, paint it, letter it, weigh it. That's about it. Oh, I got to put the radiator back in, but that's... I do that last yeah, because... Detail. Yeah, I don't, well, I don't want to like have some welding slag or something fall on it and ruin it the last second before I put it in, so... You got a spool gun? Yeah, and I got some uh, map gas and a cold welding solder rods, too, so I can use that. Send it. Yeah, maybe I can fix it. I tried fixing some sheet aluminum with that. <laughs> I pulled out the map gas bottle. 
and I pulled out those welding rods, and I'm like, why isn't it, like, you're supposed to be able to touch it to it and, like, solder it on because the metal's hot. Brazing. And, yeah, basically, like, brazing it. Yeah. And I would heat the sheet aluminum up, and the sheet aluminum would just go, whoop, and just melt and fall away. And I'm like, well, there's a hole. <laughs> Great. So, <coughs> so I'm like, all right, well, I guess we're going to rivet something over that little mistake. Anyway, yeah. I don't know if I can tack weld with the spool gun. It's really hard, and it kind of melts that whatever. So, yeah, we're at the point where we're basically, if I needed to get the car ready, I could throw it together, but uh, the Home Depot set up my Lexan was supposed to be here a week ago, and I still haven't seen anything yet. So kind of pissed about that. So I gotta. Yeah, I'll probably just take the the uh, DA polisher buffer out and just buff the windshield again for the eighth year or however long I've had it in the car. Yeah, you used, yeah, you used that uh, headlight restorer. I had that, but then I found a DA like a buffer, and I'm yeah. just gonna put buffing compound and polish and stuff on the windshield and just clean it up that way. Even though I kind of suck at it, doesn't matter. Or you use some whitening toothpaste. I ain't going that far. That'll etch the shit out of it. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> this ain't TikTok. It ain't working that good. Uh, so that's pretty much all of my updates thus far. Uh, like I said, not a lot changed last week. Go subscribe to my YouTube. That's pretty much it. Jesse, you have any updates? Yeah, really. Yeah, uh, no one gives a. <laughs> so no. <laughs> Let's move on. Perfect. <laughs> all right. Second segment of the show. The always enjoyable. Only rarely ever lets you down segment. It's the Darf comment of the week. There it is. Yeah, we're not getting rid of this. We're going to have to keep the song for a while. All right, this week, there was so much that I could pick from. So much. I mean... Was it about Daytona? Of course it was about Daytona. Uh, so anyway, um, I was going to give a blanket DARF comment of the week, but I'll just, I'll probably just give out a whole handful of them this week to all the people who complained about the, the length of the commercial breaks at the Daytona 500. Uh, I can always give the contrarian viewpoint and be like, who do you think pays the bills? And it's like, well, yeah, I get it. But you know, if you're going to say that you're covering an event, 50% of it shouldn't be covered by commercials or whatever the hell the, the number it, was. You know. I get it. Yeah, I get that. And the no upset. one wants a pay-per-view either, you know. Yeah, and nobody no wants thanks. to pay extra taxes and have something like the BBC. You know what I mean? Whether you would have no commercials. No one should be paying taxes, period. It's right. It's theft. Anyway. And I wouldn't want state-sponsored television. Who are you kidding? That's what North Korea has if they allow television. Um, they do. They have one channel, the North Korea channel. Something about Supreme Leader. Yes. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but anyway, that somebody... there's another channel coming next fall. It's called the Kill America Channel. Oh, there you go. okay. That's the training channel. Yes. Okay. So they got inter- they got arts and entertainment. Perfect. So anyway, back to the viewership issue and uh, whatever commercials people are complaining about. Somebody called GP Laps Jake on Twitter. That's at GP Laps Jake, I should say. He came up with, uh, or he found, I don't even know, but statistics from 2001 to now about commercials and 
com- number of commercial breaks, the number of laps they missed, and the number of green flag laps they missed, and the percent of green flags with ads. Jesus, these people are bored. They don't have anything better to do. Well, if, when you get <sighs> when you go on Twitter and see how many people complain about absolute nonsense, yeah, you just gotta fight back. And you, gotta, you basically, you can't, the only way to shut somebody down is to tell them that they're stupid. And um, that can go for a lot of things. But he wrote all of these statistics, right? Okay, so in like this year, there were 23 commercial breaks. They missed 78 laps. And the number of green flag laps missed was 58. So that's 25, 29% of green flag or greens with ads, right? Uh, so that's not so bad, right? We missed 29% of the green flag laps. Basically, yeah. All right. In 2001, they only had 19 as opposed to 23 green flag laps or uh, commercial breaks. I'm sorry. Uh, they missed 75 laps in those 19, whereas we lost 78 and 23 commercial breaks this year. Uh, the number of green flag laps missed, though, was 71 in 2001, opposed to 70 or 58 this year. So they had 35.5% of the green flag laps had ads. That's interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's that's It was a little bit better in 2010. There was 27% of green had ads. So basically it came up a little bit from 2010, but 2001, people forget, that race had so many more green flag laps missed because of ads. Oh yeah. yeah, I don't know. Nostalgia is always rose rose colored spectacles, I guess. Right? It's the same thing. People have been complaining for well, probably since the since NASCAR was on TV. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that long. Yeah, that long. It's always it's something. hard with NASCAR though, because it's not like football or baseball where they have built in TV timeouts. Right. I mean, racing. There, you know. <laughs> They try to mitigate it with the side-by-side. Now, I know people are probably asking, well, okay, well, what about the side-by-side this year? Well, the person who came up with these statistics counted side-by-sides as commercial breaks. They didn't count it as actual, like, racing coverage. So that's why the statistics are added the way they are. He did. He said that regardless of it being side-by-side, if it's a commercial break, it counts as a commercial break, and we're going to count it like you can't see what's going on. Well, and statistically, too, when a race is on, doesn't matter if it's the 500 or not, if a race is on a major network like Fox, ABC, NBC, whatever, it's got more commercials than if it's on cable. And I know that the television networks would be very quick to say that the reason why they negotiated in stage breaks with NASCAR was exactly for this so that they could burn commercial time during a stage break and have them not miss as much action. I guaranteed guess. commercial time. Yeah, it's kind of like guaranteed commercial time. So, I mean, when a race goes clean, like the, or I would say cleaner, like the 01 Daytona 500, that I, can, I can't remember a heck of a lot of... Like crashing, I know there's the big backstretch one, and then Dale Earnhardt. But other than that, I remember that being fairly clean. This race literally set a record for length, so <laughs> it wasn't as exactly wasn't. as clean, I guess. I think it went 220 miles or uh, 500 
20 miles or whatever. Yeah, the majority of the cautions were towards the end of the race. So yeah. I didn't really, it didn't really feel that long. I mean, I, I know there was only maybe one or two really, really big crashes. I would, I believe, I remember years where the where they couldn't stop crashing. Oh yeah. So I was okay. Well, how did that not? Well, I guess it only matters if it's at the end because they could tack on overtimes. So. Yeah. Well, the internet's a lovely place. I mean, you got places like uh, Twitter, which is a great breeding ground for idiots. Facebook for okay. boomers, and I mean, <clears throat> you you get all idiots into a collective, and they're going to complain about the things that don't really matter and make a big deal out of things that don't really exist. So then they grow a hive mind mentality, and then it's just game on from there. So it's just a, a complete downhill spiral. So, anyway, I, I don't feel like giving these people the DARF comment of the week. I feel like giving it to someone who made me laugh. All right. I've got two that made me laugh. I feel like I'm in a jovial mood. Let's just go through these. All right. Now, I got a tweet from Mullins Racing, which is an ARCA team, and I believe I sent this to Phil because I thought it was funny. Um, They posted a tweet that was a screenshot of a conversation that some... I'll say fan, I don't even know, sent to them, and they said, can anybody translate this? Now, the fan wrote into them on one of their DMs. I don't know if it was Facebook or... It looks kind of like Facebook, and on, probably on their page, but he wrote in, I can tell it's he, uh, quote, that was... they. Uh, by the way, I need to preface this. This ARCA team runs the number three car, and it's a red and white car, I think. I'm not too sure. It might have some other colors in there. It's pretty sharp looking. So this fan writes in, quote, that was Dale Earnhardt number and no. Uh, oh, by the way, that's the wrong no. It's K-N-O-W. Else should have it. But Dale Jr., that is his son. There's no punctuation, by the way. So their page has an auto response that says, Hi, thanks for contacting us. We've received your message and appreciate you reaching out. He says, Thank you. Pause. I'm just saying that it... No, wait. I can't even read... <laughs> I can't even read this. I don't think you actually sent me this one now. <laughs> I don't think I did now. I'm going to need a translator at the end of this, Jess. Um, I'm just saying that is it far, F-A-R, to everyone else to drive the Dale Earnhardt three car. I need <laughs> I need some kind of like Kentuckian or some I speak Jive. Oh, oh good. good. He said that he's in great pain and he wants to know if you can help him. <laughs> what a great movie. <laughs> I'm just saying that is it far. To everyone else to drive the Dale Earnhardt three car. He's definitely needs a Kentuckian translator here. This guy, he speaks in. How does you? How do you type out an accent? Literally, type, <laughs> speaks in Boomhauer. He literally wrote the word "far" f a r, and it says. And if you read it in Southern, it says, "I'm just saying that is it far to everyone else." It's like holy shit, that makes sense. <laughs> You know this guy is driving down the road with a Bud Light in one hand, talked to Texan on the other hand, <laughs> responded to this shit. That was Dale Earnhardt number and no K-N-O-W else. 
They pull it into their trailer park to go to their trailer with a blue roof. So you know what? They actually, this team polled a bunch of people on Twitter. They're like, hey, uh, what do we respond to this guy? And someone said, you should tell him that you're you're preparing the number three car for next year. It's going to be a Toyota. It's going to be all electric. Bubba's going to drive it and just going to have Go Vegan as a sponsor. <laughs> and they sent it to him. <laughs> I did not get a response, though. I haven't seen a response yet, so... Oh, that's great. Maybe he understands sarcasm, <laughs> but he doesn't understand that, American. That was funny, that though. That three team seems to like to have some fun on, on social media because I think they had, was it Landon Huffman drove? and He might have. I'm not in sure. The, in the test, yeah, and he they had some fun with him. So Yeah, they seem like a good guys. Oh, man. So anyway, I got another one. And if anybody watched the broadcast, which you did because all of you complained about it, by the way, uh, Jeff Gluck actually started putting his poll back up on Twitter. He'd stopped doing it because of, I think he thought bots were taking it over and like screwing up the results. So he was putting it on Google or something and everybody had to sign in to do it. And he's like, okay, this isn't really working. He put it back on Twitter. He did his, was the Daytona 500 a good race poll? And it, I think it ended overwhelmingly 71% yes to 29% no. Um, with 24,000 votes. Um, Pretty good vote count. Yeah, it's a lot of votes. Um, but he got a response from somebody, and if you watched the broadcast, you'd be reaching for your mute button just like I was um, because this guy, MJ Burroughs, commented back. He said, I'd need to try it first. Anybody watch the commercials? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was actually the responses to him. There you go. <laughs> The most god-awful, annoying Coke, what was it, Zero commercials yes. that haven't changed yeah. in five years? Yeah. Yeah, he wrote, I need to try it first. And no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not having Jesse play that song. I'm not doing it. No, thank you. Matthew no. Burroughs is one of my favorite new follows on Twitter. <laughs> He's got a blue check mark. I wonder if he pays for it, but I don't care. It's still funny. <laughs> He's, He's fantastic. He's a good uh, media, whatever you want to call it, media guy. Like a freelancer or something? Yeah, he's like a Matt Weaver, something like that. <laughs> he's just, he's fun to follow because he, he doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit. He's not writing for anyone big. I think it's just basically for himself. So he's not afraid to share some controversial opinions. I was looking for, ah, crap, I forgot what the hell it was. Uh, What's the barstool racing thing? Is it Rubin is racing? Uh, yeah, I think it's like Rubin's racing or something. All right, so they had posted some. T I know they had two of the guys. I think they had some. Well, let's see. Oh, Ricky Stenhouse took his trophy to Waffle House. Yeah, That's the a, one right next to the track. Oh, it got deleted. <laughs> you know the asshole Daryl. Uh, is it Daryl Rovell? Some some idiot reporter. Oh, I don't know. No, Darren Rovell. I'm sorry. Jenna Fryer. No, nah, not that bad. Actually. No, she's not as bad as him. I'm sorry. But Rovell posted a tweet that said, if any uh, casual NASCAR fans watch that race, they'll never coming back. And Barstool's racing guys, they retweeted it and said, common Rovell L. Like, taking the loss. 
And um, apparently Rovell didn't like the attention that it got because he deleted that tweet. So that's great. I love when people backpedal like that. Oh, yeah. This tweet was... I like that Twitter tells people that this tweet was deleted by its author. It's like, oh, oh, we got him. Oh. <laughs> the truth was to- some truth was told and Uh-oh. he got mad. Uh-oh, someone told the truth. Yeah. Remember, if you if if you get angry, it's probably because there's a little element of truth there. Absolutely. All right. Let's just move this thing on because we're trying to streamline the program and it's not going well. Well, let's get going. We have listener questions. All right. From the one of the very few people that Listens? Well, no. Yeah, listens, but also interacts with us. There are a few, but this is one of the very few. It's from longtime contributor Tyler Owen. He uh, posited these questions to us. He says, hey, I have something for you guys. uh, Or I'm sorry, I just read that a, a little ahead. Hey, I have something you guys could quickly discuss. Do you think if tracks will add a new grandstand or upgrade, should they... Um, I, I think I copied this wrong but it says do it with a seat back you know instead of just a bench put a seat back up as well like cup tracks uh usually if you bring a seat in like i do you can't lean back because polite people don't want to lean back into other people's and block the walkway uh one like that would be good for uh if waterford redid it they could have like a uh what is it reserved section in the middle and put yeah, up, like Stafford has. Like Stafford has, and put up seat backs and nicer seats. You could pay like two, two to five extra bucks for. I would do that. I like a seat back. You know what I wish people yeah. that, or these tracks did though is when they rent you these seats. Like Thompson has the nice clip-on ones that are actually comfortable compared to some of the other tracks. Waterford has the same ones too, I think. Do they? Yeah, they do. But if like, why don't they sell that with the ticket at the front gate? Or your ticket could be a coupon for it. Like a voucher, yes. There you go. I don't know. I think it's optional. I usually never get the seat back. I usually just kind of whatever, just sit like a man. You get bleacher <laughs> butt? Yeah, but you you know stand up and move around, or you know how to position your legs front to back to get like different position and like pressure on your ass so that it doesn't go to sleep. You just figure it out over the years. <laughs> I don't think there's any way at Thompson in those grandstands. I'm no, you're lucky. They haven't fallen down yet. You're lucky if they're painted or if you don't get a sliver. Yeah. You <laughs> might get a new board on one of the walking walkways. I don't know. What I usually do is I usually just because of the bigger gentleman, I usually push up with both with both arms on the side of my hips, and there I can take the pressure off my lower back. Or we're just seasoned veterans and bring our own seat backs. Yeah, I don't know. That, a voucher is good, you know, or 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 you know, rent them or I don't know. They or build them in. Yeah, whatever, dude. I mean, I, mean, I think it's a great idea. There's I think a reserved section would be nice. Reserved section is kind of the way to go. Yeah, I don't know if they would do the whole grandstands like that. If that would be cost. Yeah, hey, there's but, always uh, room for more premium services if you want. You know, hey, they can take the all airlines the airlines do it. You know, they can take all the seats <laughs> and seat backs that New Hampshire took out and now say that they sell out races. Yeah, every other row. Yep. Yeah, well, uh, well, it's good. It's better than paying the man taxes with him. So, hey, I, whatever. But anyway, he, it, whatever. He asked us. He asked us another question, by the way. So, All right. He says one other thing you could discuss is: Do you think a full fender division could come about where it's basically old Bush North cars, 
90s to 2000s, Monte Carlos, Tauruses, etc. Like an open K&N East series, but with older generation cars. They actually have something like this down south. I was thinking about they the do. same thing. Is it at the Legacy series or something? Uh, I think Phil knows what it is. Cause the I think... Super Cup Stock Car Series. Yep. Super Cups. That's the one that uh, Jeremy Mayfield, I think, runs, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, he's running in that series now. Yeah. It's just it's old Arkin Cup cars. Now, what's it called Bush again? Cars, Super is... Cup Stock Car Series. Yeah, I saw Frank Kimmel in that series, too. Yeah, there's a yeah. few guys. Yeah. Yeah, it seems it's, like a pretty cool idea. A lot of old Hooters Pro Cup and ASA guys have run it over the years since those series kind of dis- dissolved. So, I mean, since a Bush, an old Bush North series car is the equivalent of that, you know, they could run down yeah. there. That's kind of neat series. Yeah. They run at Dominion, Kingsport. Uh, I think they run at Caraway. They run at Jennerstown. Hmm. Yeah, they said he, he asked. Uh, I'd imagine the cars would be cheaper and might get a sort of a Bush North type of revival. And I yep. think I think the problem with that is that a lot of these cars, when people up north owned them, like there were a lot of guys up north who owned them, like the Santers and the Dion's and uh, Kobaluk and, geez, uh, did Roe own one? I don't even remember. Uh, you're asking me to go back into the catalog over 20 years ago, and that's really kind of tough to do right now. Brad Layton, Eddie um, Mac, yeah, the, all those guys like up north had cars, but then when the North series changed to the East series and it became more cut backed, and then it became the K and N series, and then it became Arca East, those guys all got rid of their cars and they all went ACT or pass racing, or just gave up racing entirely, like Matt Kobluck. So I don't know if there's a heck of a lot of cars really kind of left up here. I think they all well, got sold south, and that's pretty much it. I, I think another problem is, realistically, it's a novelty division. It's kind of like the cars of yesteryear or whatever. Yeah, it's I don't, not, even, I, I don't it's imagine It's never going to guys... get the strength of field as a street stock or a pro truck or an SK modified or whatever because those are ladder divisions. Yeah. And no one would take this as a serious class. It. it it's just a novelty. And a lot of the bodies from that era were also handmade. Yes. Like you had you had north teams with metal shops and guys in there with English wheels forming fenders. Yeah, these are not composite bodies at all. No, you had, so, they, they had to have a huge overhead to do that. Yeah, that's why a the, lot of a them a couple of guys I know that run it run the old five star cut bodies. Yeah. And I mean the supply of those is running out. There yeah. ain't many left. Yeah, they're not. I think what they need to do they're is not just... not cup, but Arca bodies, rather. Yeah, same thing. But what they really just need to do is they just need to make it more affordable. Then you'll get people back. And then uh, once the interest comes back, the purses can come up. And when that comes up, then it makes more sense for people to keep doing it. But like since, dirt? Yeah, but like since uh, they just got away from anything entertaining and anything affordable interest dropped through the toilet and then they're just left with their dick in their hand. So they've got a series nobody gives a shit about anymore. So if my interest is already dropping. <laughs> I mean the the Super Cup stock car series is a really cool series, mm. but they get like 14 to 15 cars because yeah, of just I mean, what I said. I think it's a novelty. I think that it's kind of a series that has gone by the wayside. 
Uh, anybody who could afford to do that would just jump in a super late model and then go straight to cup or not, not, not cup, but truck, you know, truck or Xfinity. And then they just go from there basically because they're just jumping series. It used to be that these kind of super late model type deals didn't exist back when Bush North was in its heyday. And it used to be a stepping stone before truck took over. And then it's like, it just, the ladder modified itself and just kind of ejected itself from the lineup. Yeah. There's already a useless ladder. There's already a useless ladder rung. It's called Arca. Yeah, yes. we got one of those. And they, well, they had a pretty awesome race this weekend. They did but, have an awesome yeah. race. We can actually segue into that pretty good. This actually. Yeah, I was going to, I mean, do we really want to talk about, we can go into that and then talk about New Smyrna for the stuff that we missed because of some things. What happened. did we miss from New Smyrna? Some things happened that were worth talking about. Really? Um, not yeah, parking day. Well, I've got some theories. Uh, let's see. We were recording on Monday, and when we finished, uh, let's see here. The what was it? The tour type race was on, and uh, I think there was what thirty five cars in that, and Silk and Hirschman were battling each other, and then Silk blew the motor up, and I don't think he even raced the rest of the week. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think they were done after the engine explosion. I think Hirschman that's, that's a lot. Hirschman so. won pretty much every race this week, and uh, everything else was pretty forgettable. Uh, Tuesday, they had the 602 recycling race. Uh, they, they wadded them up like bad enough that they took out the fence, right? Or was that last week? I don't even remember. They but took they, out the infield fence, yeah. A few times. Um, Tommy Baldwin's son, Luke, won, which was cool to see. Uh, local boy, Ethan DeRocher, finished third in that race, I believe. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Which was cool to see. Not a lot of the 602 guys up here went down there. I, I saw DeRozier, but I didn't see anybody outside of Connecticut. I saw the Hartwell, but that was about it. Yeah, it was a lot of Mahoning and Riverhead and Wall yeah, Stadium guys. Yeah, I saw some you know tri-state people, but not really Connecticut. So, um, let's see here. ASA. Oh yeah, Matt Hirschman won the Green to Checker Tour Type Mod race. That was boring. The ASA Southern Super Series took to the track. They had a huge field. Uh, the lead was cursed. Uh, because Steven Nassi um, had a DV charge on his car and broke that. And then uh, Bubba, what, too soon? What is a DV <laughs> charge? Phil's laughing. Oh. Domestic violence. Oh, DV uh, charge. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. What, am I the no, only one was... remembers? Okay, forget it. I got it. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. All right, and, and he dropped out while <laughs> Bubba Pollard also dropped out while leading. Uh, William Byron, cup racer William Byron, took control, led to the end. He won that, I believe it was the Clyde Hart Memorial 100. Hello, Bill. Yep. Bill. I never I never even put that together. Jesus. All Billy right, Byron. So, yep. Billy I Byron. Didn't even put it together. All right, uh, Wednesday, here's my notes. Uh, Ryan Luza won the Pro Late Model Race, and they really practiced wrecking cars in that one. Uh, they wadded up quite a few. I didn't watch any more races because I got caught up watching Clarkson's Farm on Amazon Video, which I found much more entertaining. <laughs> Have you seen that show? Me? Every, oh, every, oh, I, I finished show. it. Everyone. Oh, my God. It's I amazing. I finished it. I hate it. Oh, oh yeah. my God. I thought I hated government before. I hate it even worse. I want to invade Britain and liberate them. I'm with you. <laughs> That's what I want to do. <laughs> I want to invade. We come back to save you, Dad. <laughs> we forgive you back in the past. They went out for cigarettes and then never came. Oh, they came back once to try to beat us, but we we were too fast for them. 
<laughs> come to save you, old man. Oh, man. I feel so bad for those people. Jesus Christ. I thought our government was bad. Holy shit. God, I mean, I want to build, I want to go over there to build a killdozer like, and this then is run why, over City Hall. Yes. Patron St. Marvin Heemeyer's your, in your corner there. But I'm like, this is why mass shootings happen. But these people are too mild mannered to actually do it. No, they just stab you, throw acid on oh, you. Yeah, they oh, can't yeah. have guns there. Yeah, because they're a bunch of cis. Yeah, they can't have guns because of that. So, yeah, they don't want them fighting back. Anyway, watch that show. It's pretty amazing. I mean, they weren't very good with guns when they came over here. So Yeah, obviously they weren't you know, too astute when they came over here twice to try to beat us and still got run back. Oh, that must have been a long boat ride. Thursday, Katie Hedinger, I think it's her last name, uh, became the first female driver to win a pro late model race and the first from Michigan as well, I believe. Um, I missed that race too because I was editing my – uh, one of my latest YouTube videos with the uh, Cup Series duels on the other TV in my office, and I couldn't picture in picture because I only have well, first world problems. I have two TVs. Anyway, um, <laughs> easy problems to have. Okay, maybe I do have first world problems because I have a laptop and I didn't spin that around to have that on as a, like a three screen, whatever. Yeah, I get it. Thank you. All right, so <laughs> uh, 602 mods had a huge fracas on the start. It looked like, or it looked really big, but pretty much everyone drove away. I thought they were wadding the field up and then I think like they had a problem with one or two cars. Uh, so that wasn't so bad. The wrecking didn't stop in the first 30 some odd laps took like an hour plus, and then they had another red flag. So the the attrition was just horrific. Uh, but the battle between Baldwin, Catalano, and Sharpstein for the lead was really tight at the end. I thought that was entertaining. Um, let me see here. Last lap was super hectic because uh, Catalano did the whole dive bomb into turn one and ran Baldwin up, but Baldwin kept the momentum. Uh, retained the lead as Sharpstein then drove under Catalano and beelined for Baldwin's bumper. But Baldwin held again and took down the win. It was a crazy race to watch. I loved watching that. That was a great uh, finish. I went to bed before the tour-type race, but apparently Burt Meyer had a hard wreck, and Matt Hirschman drove Patrick Emmerling into the front stretch wall and then justified it by saying he couldn't trust him to run the top properly after Wednesday. I don't know. So, <laughs> watch if you watch the video, Emmerling turned into Hirschman there. The the wall changes direction at the flag stand. Yeah, and all Emmerling just followed the wall. Yeah, so he didn't turn into him. He was running, so he didn't crash his car. Well, yeah, but he turned down the track, which like means you can Hirschman see it's an abrupt move. It's almost a, it's Hirschman following the stripes. The stripes go straight. The wall changes. Well, when you're next to Hirschman, Hirschman can't see him. How it's many, not his fault. Uh, yes, it absolutely is. Hirschman, how many races has he won at this racetrack? Doesn't matter. All he has. He. I, I'm telling you, as a competitor who has raced there, when you are driving down that straightaway, you don't know where that jog in the wall is. And I've had more than once someone drive into my door. It just—it's a nature of the beast at Smyrna. It how happens. How the fuck do you not know? <laughs> you can't fucking visibly see it when you're on the inside lane with another car next to you. Every single time I'm on iRacing at New Smyrna, I leave someone room because I know the fucking wall juts out. 
Like, how do you I've, not know? <laughs> I've had it happen more than once. Oh, you're not when paying you're, attention. When you're driving down there straightaway and you're you're focused on those stripes, you're not watching the wall. I'm not looking 10 feet to the right. I never look at the stripes. I look at the racetrack. I watch the stripes to make sure I'm not running the guy on the outside into the wall. Well, then here's the solution. Fix the stripes. Curve the stripes. <laughs> yeah, there's an I idea. Mean, that would be the easy solution, but you know, New Smyrna is a fucking shit show, and they don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. So, well, racers also don't to look... do something that smart. They don't. Racers don't look past their nose, so they don't know enough no, to just kind of, of ignore the dotted well, line. It, a lot of race car drivers don't have the sense of uh, self awareness and spatial awareness. Is what I'm, I'm just saying. Of, so. there's, there was nothing intentional or egregious there by either of them. A lot of them don't. Yeah, but why did he say he couldn't trust him to run the top after Wednesday? Oh, that's why he started on he p- started on the bottom instead of taking the top because he'd been taking the top the entire time. Okay. So he restarted on the bottom because did you not see the night before where Emerling just drove into the corner, never turned, and no, be- sent him into. The clam stand? Yes, because there was a whole thing between Emerling and Hirschman a whole week long or whatever. They just couldn't stop running into each other or something like that. It was a little controversy. No, because so. I said before that I stopped watching after the Pro Late Model race to watch Clarkson's Farm. Right. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Hirschman got uh, run out into the parking lot, and then Emerling, after the race, said, I actually owe him a whole lot more than that. So I don't blame Hirschman for starting on the bottom and not giving a fucking inch with a guy that's running his mouth like that and already tried to run you into the wall. It's a weird excuse from somebody who won the night before uh, and then won that night. Emerling said yeah. he just got run into the wall. I was going to say, how many times did Emerling win? Zero. Right. Hirschman's bitching because he won. Uh, what I find What I find really odd... Uh, is that Matt Hirschman is winning every race for tour-type cars but has a tougher time against the NASCAR guys. Um, And when he wins a tour-type race, his crew, if you watched, has a very clinical response. And I'm not being accusatory. I'm just observing, okay? Um, They get to victory lane quickly, like before he even shows up. And at least one guy runs around to the right side, climbs in the right window, does something and then climbs back out because the other two guys are at the driver's window. So the other guy runs around the side of the car, jumps in the passenger, well, not passenger, but it's the right side window, does something, jumps out, and then walks away. Um, it happened every time. Uh, they don't, they're not checking measurements. They're not, you know, jacking the car up and checking stagger. He's literally walking around in the window and then back out. That's not where his radio is. <laughs> Why would you need that right now? You know what I mean? I did not see that same uh, repetition after the Tormod race, though. So. Well, no, you didn't. Did you just give him a kiss? Maybe he's just a, like really, really happy. But why would you Super go fan. in this? Why would you go in the right side? Wouldn't you go to the left side? It's just quicker. <laughs> These guys have won a lot of races. They're not. They weren't that. Ex- they I didn't look that I excited. I always thought you, you weren't allowed to touch the car. But uh, I didn't see anybody tr- stop him. But tracks have different Again, rules sometimes. Again, it's Smyrna. It says do Smyrna. No, I mean, it's just they, very they odd. They spelled tech, T-E-C-K. Yeah, they did spell tech, tech, T-E-C-K. Uh, but it's just, I just find it very odd. Like I said, I wasn't being accusatory. I'm just saying, why do you need to be in the car? 
right after it uh, wins. I'll be accusatory. I stood <laughs> up off a of turn two during practice, and he doesn't feather the throttle one bit. It is flat to the floor, drive off. Hmm. And the thing never falls off in practice. So is he pulling out a pack of cigarettes from that window? Maybe, or a <laughs> stick of bubble gum. Maybe he's got to swap radios. <laughs> Those traction control devices are now sticks of bubble gum thick? Is that oh, what they're, you're trying they're to smaller say? than that. Oh, yeah, they're tiny. Oh. It's, they're so tiny. They're, so now they're flash drive size. They're like a vape pen. Like, I mean, yeah. Matt Hirschman is a damn good driver. It doesn't matter if he has traction control or not. He's a badass. I'm just saying it's very odd when you see guys yeah. when you see guys swarm the car, go inside the car, and then leave before the driver even gets out. Like on camera. Go watch it. You're gonna get hate mail for that one. I will, but my eyes don't deceive me when I can prove it. No, they don't. I, I saw the same thing every night. Again, I didn't accuse him of anything. I just said it's a very odd circumstance. And hence. And hence. <laughs> You should have seen I walked over there to talk to Terry Battle, as Mm -hmm. I've known Terry for damn years. And I walked into their pit area, and everybody just looked at me like I was the devil for entering their pit area. Well, don't they pit the car in between two Connex boxes? Basically, uh, there's a trailer and a Connex box that they're next to, and it's like (laughs) very secluded. Yeah, they, they wall themselves off from the rest of their competition. Yeah. Again, we're observing. (laughs) <laughs> this is an observation. It brings me an idea. I want to bring fencing <laughs> along with me just to put it up. You should bring. Air. You should bring wooden white picket fencing. Wooden white picket <laughs> fencing. Stand it up around the track. Just and not even do anything. Just start. Randy shit. Cole should do that and bring his sheep. Oh, he could hurt him. He could yeah. put on exhibitions and he can break out his Velcro gloves for it. I hope he doesn't listen. <laughs> I hope he does. Actually, I do hope he does. Uh, all right, so I didn't see the super late model race at the end of that night either uh, because I believe I work for a living and have to go to bed so that I'm not dead on my feet. Friday. Shut up. <laughs> Friday. I didn't think there was enough pro late models left to destroy, but they must have found some or made some because it was their turn to be the shit show again. Uh, when they... When the, did you see that 17 car that wrecked? Parts were literally falling off of it when it wrecks. And then the track crew goes to hook it, and then a spring just rolls out from <laughs> under the car. So this thing's just shitting parts all over the racetrack. It was really kind of funny. I feel bad for the guy, but it was pretty funny. Those pro lights are like fucking rabbits. You wreck one, and Daddy writes another check, and suddenly the next one appears. It just shows up in your yard. It's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, once the Useless fucking glass. And what's even better is that when that spring rolled down the racetrack, the track crew never went after it. Was it there the whole night? <laughs> it probably was. Don't go in the infield, kids. Was uh, there not a shock attached to it? Because those are coilover cars. I didn't see one. And it looked kind of like a big spring. I don't know what the hell was. I don't know what it was. Maybe it's an old brake spring car. Maybe that's why he wrecked. I don't know. Yeah, he's trying to go too fast on dinosaur technology. Anyway, um, once they started getting laps in, Ryan Luza, who won that race earlier in the week, ran out to a big lead and picked up his second win of the week and uh, his second win ever at Speed Weeks. Uh, New England great Eddie McDonald was in the race. He finished fifth, which was fun. Yeah, he was uh, he was banging doors all week 
It was fun to watch. He was he was full street stocking in that late model. Eddie Mac's a badass. I don't give a shit what anybody says. He was not taking shit from the kids either. I believe he, he got he, uh, moved the fuck out of the way and he sent the kid the next quarter. <laughs> oh yeah, you're not gonna fuck with him. Not at all. Um let's see. I believe he actually owns the record for the most wins at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. It's double Wouldn't digits. Shock me. It's double digits. He's won there in like act cars, pass cars, Bush North. Doesn't matter. He's won in everything. All right. So that brings us to I'm sure everybody got to watch the duels at Daytona. The duels. The duels, yeah. yeah. Well, kind they of. need to be fucking 50 miles each. They're yeah, they need to long. be a lot shorter. <laughs> yeah, we can make this a little bit shorter. It's basically just them using it as a practice session for drafting because they don't want to wreck their cars. Yeah. And we all yeah, know when, it. I mean, a lot of people it, watched it. 1.5 million people watched it. That's better. That's like twice as much as IndyCar gets for ratings. So That's more than a normal NASCAR race. Most normal NASCARs, yeah. Well, yeah, they get about two, three million in a normal they, one. They need to make those those races fifty miles and pay out stage points for the top ten. Well, if you want to wreck some race cars, <laughs> we're yeah. definitely going to start make doing it entertaining. It. Oh yeah, it would make it entertaining for sure. Uh, or and you know what's funny is that we're suggesting, you know, oh let's make them shorter. Oh, let's change them. And you know some somebody out there would be like, no, they always been the same way. And it's like, no. Mm. I don't think it I don't think it matters if it's short or, or longer. You're still gonna get the same kind of race because no one wants to wreck their five hundred car. If there's and not they a, don't do anything. If there's not enough cars to qualify like or to have a bubble or if there's enough cars that they all qualify and there's none left over, then we shouldn't even bother running them. Fox fair. Sports is going to say... Of course they're going to say they have to. They're going to have a, a major problem with that. Yeah, of course. Because a 1.5... What are they going to do? Put it up at an, an episode of like Wheel of Fortune or something stupid? You know? It's a Thursday. They're looking for yeah, a, I like a draw. They're, it's not bad. I it's prefer- not a bad show, but I'm saying 1.35 million people don't watch that every night. 1.5? One, yeah, 1. 1.5. Yeah, it's million. a few more. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, you're right. You're lucky I mean, you get a half a million for for a normal sporting event or yeah, whatever. It's a draw for a night when something is not usually scheduled, I guess. Yeah. So I yeah, mean, no, no matter what, TV is going to want to fill that time slot. That's a decent size. Well, of course. That's a decent. And with the TV deal, it is. I'm not even going to bother. I'm not even going to bother thinking about it anymore because TV TV calls the shots on a lot of this stuff. Which is unfortunate so, because it's it happens in other what, sports too. It happens in basketball, happens in football, happens in everything. Is that why they're getting rid of the shift and adding a runner in freaking baseball? Probably. It's stupid. Probably. You're turning it into a reality show instead of leaving it freaking baseball. All right. Um first duel, uh Joey Logano led a lot. Pit stops were probably the only action. Got a little tight there at the end with the competition, but he was able to keep his lane together and got the win. Uh, I believe last week I had predicted Chandler Smith and uh, Connor Daly to be the cars that didn't make it in the race, and I think I was only half right. 
<laughs> Chandler Smith was eliminated. Zane Smith, no relation. Nobody picked Connor Daly to be in the race. No, nobody did. I mean, the car wouldn't even drive straight off of pit road for fuck's no, sake. It was bouncing all over the place. It's like it's like it had a, a bent shock right away, and it was stuck in the high position. It was just bouncing like crazy. Yeah, you it know, it was down all over the bumps. You know who was yeah. the crew chief on that car? Tony Uri. Yeah. Yeah. Figured How do you fuck that. that up, Yuri? Figured he would have had that figured out by now. Well, the last time yeah. he Connor Daly ran, they didn't poke the steering rack up, <laughs> and it, and it drove straight into the, yeah. What was it? The Roval? Yeah, yeah he like drove that. it on. It drove it on the Roval. It went. It, it went to the chicane and it went straight. Yep. And he just smashed into the fence. It's like what the hell was that? The steering just spun in his hands like he was like in a carnival ride. Yep. <laughs> But the second race was largely similar to the first, except for that caution uh, for debris on lap eight when Justin Haley's right side window blew out. Uh, Kyle Busch got shoved by Daniel Suarez while leading, and that bad bump hooked him head-on into the backstretch wall. Uh, Austin Hill, Travis Pastrana were also involved. Both went to the garage because Pastrana was already in on time. But uh, Hill was the one I predicted to make it in, but he got involved in that wreck and it was too much damage for them to continue so that left the door open for connor daly to just kind of inch his way in even though he was probably a lap down with the car not driving straight uh let's see great save by todd Gilliland late because he was dead sideways in front of the pack all the veterans behind him checked up all at once and saved a big wreck from happening uh eric almarola was the benefactor of it all he won duel two Connor Daly was absolute junk, as I expected, but he got in by default. Yep. All right, truck race. Again, I'm just, I'm not really going through, I'm just going through whatever is interesting because the shit takes too long as it is. All right. They had a couple of mid sized wrecks, including a few back markers. Uh, the next wreck took out a few contenders, including, I think, Rajak Ruth and Matt DiBenedetto. Uh, uh, rain made an appearance a few times, highlighting the new awareness NASCAR has for their rain protocol. By the way, I believe, uh, we need to give NASCAR a lot of credit because we gave them a lot of crap in the past about their rain situation and the fact that it would be raining yeah. and they would just still be racing. Like it would right. be raining. It, like we had that problem. What was it? It was Daytona in July, wasn't it? Or August or whenever they run Daytona second now. Yeah. I think it was the August race. Yeah where they had them go off into turn one and everybody wrecked. Well, now with the new rain protocol, they catch it faster and they stop the race if there's any sort of rain in the area. And it's, I think it's really already saved a bunch of guys a lot of headache, you know? So we got to give them props where we shit on them before, basically. But the, Did they shorten the race? Yeah. Um, the rain came with about 28 or so laps to go. There was about an hour delay. They tried to get it started again. Then I fell asleep and forgot what happened, but I don't think they actually... I don't think that actually worked out. I think they eventually called it for rain, and Zane Smith was leading. Yes. So he went back-to-back on victories at Daytona in the truck. Yeah, they, they rained out Smyrna that night, too. It was just this heavy, persistent mist that just wouldn't go away. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's see here. I want to talk about the ARCA race, but Jesse's not in here because <laughs> I need him to play stuff for me. 
Uh, why don't we move to Xfinity then? We'll come. What do you mean? <laughs> Microphone list. Jesse is calling from. Ten minutes about the trucks is shortened up. No, remember we're shortening these episodes up because right. people don't want to listen to us for that long anymore. All right. I don't think they ever wanted to listen to us for that long. We just forced them to. Well, we didn't force anybody to. If you've seen our numbers, we're definitely not forcing people to listen to us. <laughs> All right, so... All 37 people. Yeah. Uh, Arca Race. It was nice and sunny and clear for that one. Uh, let's see. Greg Van Alst made a perfect move to win that race. It was... he's He was in the series like 20-something, or at least 20 years ago, part-time. Uh, I think... It was a situation where he tried to run the series and he just couldn't hack it, like, money-wise. And so they kind of shelved it. He went back to Indiana, put together a late-model team, raced up there for a long time, uh, built his personal business up, did all that stuff, and uh, decided last year to come back to ARCA. And I think he ran it part-time. I think this year he's going to run ARCA full-time. Yep. And... uh Put the damn thing in victory lane. Like he's got twenty sponsors on the car. He's got at least yeah. He put together at least twenty sponsors on the car, and he had probably the best interview ever. I think we're gonna play that actually. Twenty sponsors in one interview. It's gonna be hard. Yeah! Gonna be hard. <laughs> so good. See that vein popping out of his head. That's awesome. That's very telling. Guy says, guys like me aren't supposed to do that. It's like, that's what sucks. He said, guys like me are not supposed to be able to do this. He collects the checkered flag. I'm not sure you can put it into words, but the emotion that you're feeling right now, how much heart went into this win? Oh, it's everything I got. It's the only Speedway car we got. There's no way I was going to bring it home without the steering wheel of the trophy, and that was it. This is for all the short track racers out there that don't think you can get to this level. I've worked my ass off to get here, and we did it! Yeah! That man is huffing. And, you know, he's uh, he's not exactly the prototypical modern-day-looking race car driver. He's of above-average height. He is a big man. He's a thick boy. He's a big, uh, bald-headed, Indiana beer-swilling guy. And he's not... A fetus either no so yeah he he he's not a newborn baby no he's a racer that is uh yeah when i when i think a racer that's what this guy looks like yeah he looks like your saturday night short tracker yeah you know and he is we need way more of that too so, he yeah. is he was walking up there and he is just like huffing he's got his hands on his knees kind of like in the dad stance i just chased my kid around the yard like okay i need a minute so, well, I mean, have you ever walked up the banking on the front stretch there? Well, he just it takes ran, a lot out of you. Yeah, he also just ran a race too, and you know, if yeah. he's a short track guy, that's a pretty long race. It was a hundred laps I mean, or something at Daytona. That's a lot. They say it's eighteen degrees. I I think it's more than that. Yeah. that that is that shit's steep. Yeah, it looks pretty tall. Yeah, I mean, he and his team put twenty sponsors together just to get there. Uh, as he was. Uh, speaking and you know, letting his emotions out, crying. I think we all felt that. Um, oh yeah, it was a typical Arca race, messy with some big hits and dumb moves. <laughs> it went Lots full. of eye racing maneuvers. Yeah, it went full you, Arca. Yeah. Did you see the uh, Arca breaks day, uh, weekly? <laughs> yeah. Did you see um, 
Let me see. I'm the trying to think of the dumb actual... shit that spun out under fucking yellow. Oh, that guy. Yeah, I was going to get to him. And then but... tried to drive straight <clears throat> up the banking. <laughs> I legitimately thought I was watching iRacing. Oh, no. I was talking more about the big hit by uh, Tim Richmond. Not that Tim Richmond. It's the reincarnated Tim Richmond with no talent. Um, spun out because somebody was spinning near him because he was like, I got to avoid him and just cranked his car into the inside wall at 180 miles an hour. It's like, bro, you about right. bro, you had a better chance of just holding the wheel straight and hitting the brakes, guy. Maybe he should call himself <laughs> Timothy Richmond. I was really, was I don't know. Drew Daddy Dollar in this race? I didn't think I no, saw or I, heard No, his I name. don't believe so. Daniel Dick Puncher was. <laughs> yeah, Daniel Dick Puncher. You was. think I'm going to let that go, kid? Nobody should. <laughs> Nobody should let that go. Think we were going to forget? It's a whole new was, season. Was, You're was still that Daniel him Dick or was Puncher. It Dale Quarterly. Dale Quarterly was in the race. Dale Quarterly's a goddamn legend around here. In a former Dick Puncher car. He's a, yeah, it was a former Dick Puncher car. It had the f- he did what I did when I bought my first car. I just took the number and cut one of them off and just left it one single digit. And it was Screw actually it. the same one, which is hilarious. It's already painted. And he <laughs> hell, he made his name out of da- Daniel Dye on the roof. Yeah. Um, but no, Dale's like 62 years old. He's still getting after it. He's a beast. He's won like Bush North races. He's won tour mod races. He's won tour mod races on road courses, for God's sakes. I mean, the guy is just a monster. It was fun I to watch I saw someone talking shit about quarterly and say, this kid, this quarterly kid. I was like, yeah, he ain't no kid. He's your goddamn grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> and he can still kick your ass. It's funny to see people talk shit about these drivers that, I mean, they're legends to us, but people these days, NASCAR's changed so different in how they market it they have no idea who dale quarterly is yeah well if they had any idea what nascar home tracks was they would anyway uh let's see here andy jank andy j had a pretty decent car until he had a big moment and got the tail of his car ripped off and that female ru- drivers no survivors and that ruined his good run <laughs> it was that amber bacalera or whatever got into oh, him and just turned Balkan. him i believe it's bulk yeah her yeah. Listen, I no problem with female drivers, but there are some that just do not belong on a fucking racetrack. I think that goes to say for a lot of people, but I I would put her right there with Natalie Decker, only in it for the Instagram views. That's literally all this chick is there for. That's what Jesse said when he saw her interview. He's like, "What are these Instagram it, models doing in a, in it, race cars?" There was, there was another one there too. I forget her name. She's she's like Serbian or something. Which cool diversity, great, but she's literally getting out of the car, fixing her hair, making sure her earrings are put back in. I'm like, it's all about the fucking image for you. It's not about racing. That's you're not a racer. The unfortunate truth about racing is that if you focus more on diversity than you do talent, it becomes dangerous, and we can't really afford to do that. Yeah, like. Meg Fuller works on her car. Badass. Oh, yeah. Uh, Great racer. Cassandra Cole. I'll even say it about her because I've been critical about her. I know she works on her car. She's getting better. She's doing better. She's a racer. I I think it's dangerous. It's danger. It doesn't matter what the reason is. It's the fact that it it could be it could be. Or, you know, something like that, or it could be a uh, pay driver or something. It's not yeah, based. It's, it's based on egalitarianism, not 
like exactly like the guy that Phil was talking about who tried to drive his car up the banking straight. Yeah, that guy. I'm like, you need to know that that's not going to work. But Arca's always been a shit show, and it's always been a shit show since like, it's forever. We're not saying it to be racist yeah. or sexist or anything, but we're just saying that if you put anything over talent, like especially money, but that's kind of how racing works now. It's not a merit-based sport, um, which it unfortunately should be, but it isn't. Um, we're saying that anybody without talent or any sort of awareness is dangerous. And uh, that's what a lot of these people are in ARCA, and it's frightening. So, I I will say, too, that I don't doubt that some of these girls, guys, whatever, doesn't matter. Some of these young kids actually do have some talent. But find your level. It's obviously that ARCA ain't it. No, like, they, they go back to a street stock, learn racecraft. You don't belong here yet. They're never going to touch a street stock if you're renting Arca cars. No, they won't. No, they're never going to do that. You're talking about people who come out of go karts and legends cars, and maybe run a couple late model races, and they say, "Hey, you, you know, you finished the race. We're going to go Arca racing," and they have no goddamn clue what they're doing. So, or, or the ones that that. Daddy buys them the perfect race car with the best crew and all the money spent on it, and they they look like a hero at their local track, and then they go up and they get in an ARCA car and they're humbled instantly because it's a completely different animal. Well, and your your money doesn't go as far. Sure, I think yeah. Go ahead. I think a lot of these kids are finding that out, and it's just turning it into a shit show constantly. I mean, short track racing and big track racing are. Very, very different. You know, there's a they're so different, especially in like just how you have to drive and anticipation and awareness, and it's just so different. So you get humbled quick, especially if you have no experience. Yeah, I just I hate seeing all these kids rush into these top tier divisions. It it's ruined Arca because Arca has Arca has a chance to be something really good. I think the car is good. I think the tracks they run are good. It's no talent. By the way, it just um, ruins the racing. I just wanted to put this out. Jesse, you wanted to add something? Yeah, let's land a plane and, and, and move on pretty soon. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, circling the runway for a while. By the way, uh, anybody, yeah, I was moving it on. By the way, anyone <laughs> that actually thinks that Andy J is still a pizza delivery driver is ridiculous because he's probably the highest paid delivery boy of all time to be able to afford multiple ARCA cars, tour type cars, and a big race shop. Come on. Is this his job hiring? Yeah, are you hiring? Can I go be one? Because obviously, you I, want, make a I want to see his W two. Yeah, show me your W two there, pal. Um, <laughs> I'm Let's sorry. see his tax. I'm sorry, returns. I can't. No, I cannot. I cannot believe that. No, it's a great gimmick, but marking. No, it. No, all right. No, I. I can't. I'm not that stupid. Okay, and it's not like he falls back on what is you know, or his dad's living because he ain't been here for forty years. Uh, too soon. Nah, probably not. What? Anyway. Uh, Xfinity. <laughs> there they are. I knew I had fans somewhere. Xfinity, Xfinity race. race sucked. Yeah, Xfinity race was after the Arca race, no threat of rain. Uh, Parker Kligerman kind of had problems with Sheldon Creed, spun him into the outside wall. I believe he had problems with Jeffrey Earnhardt at some point as well. Um, Parker was fast. Yeah, he was. He was a pushing. Yeah, maybe um, sometimes a little too fast in a trial, but hey, 
he's that's not really his style of racing. So it's one of those things you learn. You know, he's finally back to full time something or other. Yeah, he's full time in Xfinity this year, which is cool. So, he was like part time truck, and I think he took the full time Xfinity ride. So I'm yeah, I'm happy. I like to see Parker race. He can in get a pretty done. decent car too, because it's an RCR supported car. I forget what the hell team it is though. Which one is it again? Isn't that Mike Curb Racing or something? Shit, I forget. But I know it's a decent car. Uh, former champ Daniel Hemrick got taken out early as well. Someone got spun into him and destroyed his right front. Scheduled um, tweet. Scheduled tweet. Austin Hill started last, having to replace his radio before the start, and he won the first stage. Fairly clean, except for a hard wreck by CJ McLaughlin. I think Brandon Jones got turned by his own teammate. Scheduled tweet. Because um, that happens a lot. Uh, but the end was kind of interesting between, let's see, Justin Allgaier was leading, his teammate Sam Mayer made a move high through turn, I think it was turn two, got to his outside. Austin Hill came and uh, tried to stick his nose under Mayer because I think the line just kind of moved down and Mayer was kind of on a no man's land. And then Mayer kind of threw a really late block and I think they made contact. And then when he came back up the racetrack, it turned him into the outside wall. And Mayer was on his lid sliding down the backstretch. Uh, it was a very Sam Mayer move. Yeah, it was pretty prototypical, honestly. Well, what? Go to the outside? No, just make a no, really throw bad a dumb block. block. And, yeah. Pretty much. Well, at the, what, at the end of the race here? Yeah, the end of the race when Mayer got flipped over. Well, no, he was he was sideways heading towards Justin Allgaier's door mm-hmm. because he got run up into the marbles and... When he when they came off the track, the car got light, and then and then he started spinning towards Allgaier's door. Here, they just uh, overcorrected, and by that time, the car is already gone. And I'm pretty sure it was much further down the straightaway. I'd love to see another replay. Of well, that. it was a long slide, as fast as they're going, because that car is already gone by the time uh, was it Austin Hill got to his bumper. You could see him spinning towards the wall, and if. And if Austin Hill wasn't there, he was going to hit the wall. I don't think so. I honestly. believe that was it. I'm going to have to rewatch it because good. I saw a I'm bunch watching of a replays. replay now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see here. You can kind of see it, but Austin Hill came. But anyway, it's going for the win. And yeah, it really... well, it wasn't like Austin Hill took him out on purpose. And 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 Allgaier gave him a lane. Yeah. Allgaier gave Mayor a lane and he gave and him one lane at least. Yeah, which is enough. Fairly, That's all you're allowed. <laughs> yeah, and then he, lots of sparks going on the track, and yeah, and then the one piece of grass they still kept in there ended up actually being a help and put him back on his lid before any more blood rushed to his head. Yeah, because it would, you know, they'd have to take and hook the car up and flip it back over. But if it, you know, violently rolls back onto its wheels, that's okay. So it's like I'd rather. I guess Jesse's help. about eighty percent right. Ah, whatever. We're bringing that back, Brian. <laughs> Is he twenty percent at fault just because he showed up? I think that's the- <laughs> no. I mean, it looked like he threw the block and cleared Austin, but the momentum carried him sideways. Mm. Or it, like, you know, when you just on iRacing, you just clip someone and it, just like, touch you? someone and it swings you. Yep. We do that pretty much every race, though. So. We're we're really good at it. We're really good at it. We're just bad at, at the not wrecking part. Right. I'll call that a concession. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So so they reviewed the tape and whatnot. Yeah, so. they took a long time to review it and figure out uh trying to determine who was in the lead at the time of yellow. I think they had to determine also if 
the 20 car uh, Nemechek went below the yellow line or was forced down below the yellow line. Oh, yeah, I forgot that he was there, too. The subjective element to the rule, which... I um, want to know what their definition of forced was, because he was definitely forced below the yellow line. I mean, is it is forced mean that they have to make contact with you? I would or, say contact should be necessary. Or is it because there's going to be contact? I would say contact needs to be necessary. Because he was there and contact was going to happen. He's trying to avoid a crash, you know? Yeah, but like I said... I think that he was definitely all the way to the tire, so he was there before. I think that if you want to beat NASCAR to that, you have to have contact. You know what I mean? Allow it. Allow your car to get. You got. Don't composite. even allow them to make the call. Yeah, don't allow them to make them. the call. Just, 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 just send turn them. them. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Just send them. <laughs> Kill them like Ryan Newman. You know, don't pull. Oh, wait. Don't pull down. R.I.P. Thinking. <laughs> don't. Yeah, they covered up his death and made him a clone. That's yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> like that, like that NFL guy. Yeah, you think he's human? Uh, let's see. Yeah, then they figured out that finally Hill had won, and that was two races in a row. Truck and Xfinity were last year's winner. Won again. They back to backed it. Uh, by the way, Austin Hill uh, did not qualify for the Indy F- or Daytona 500. Jesus Christ, I'm out of it. Uh, so anyway, uh, more. He also follows the theme of really big dudes in race cars. Yeah, he's a. That's true. <laughs> he is a big dude. He's a big old country boy. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, more on the theme of NASCAR throwing the yellow on the last lap and having to determine a winner later. I think I think that's not really a spoiler. <laughs> I think everyone that listened watched the race. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't think that counts as a spoiler. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, <laughs> Daytona 500. Here's a spoiler. Nah. We didn't have another repeat winner. That's no, it. we did not. Ryan Priest led a few laps after driving from mid pack to the front in the I first thought it stage. Was pretty, I thought it was pretty cool, man. He was, he was uh it seemed like him and Brad Keselowski and the seventeen and uh, I think the four car. They those four guys, all Fords, not coincidentally, seemed to be able to come up to the pack and drive up towards the lead at will. They could just do what they wanted. Yeah, when they when they got together or whatever, they could go up front whenever they wanted to. Like when Ryan wanted to carve through the field, he just picked them off like one at a time. I mean, it was hilarious to watch that thing just go to someone, get to their outside, suck them side draft, and just pull right back in. And I'm just like, Jesus, that car is fast. Yeah, yeah, never lost any of the super speedway skills he did with before in his previous stint. They were still on display. Yeah, I mean, that's the only reason any of those cars he drove had any sort of results at those tracks. He had decent runs in the cup cars at the restrictor plate tracks. I just know that he probably never really got to finish them out because he probably got caught up in a wreck like this race. Uh, the race went clean all the way from lap one or all the way to lap one twenty when an ill-timed bump draft from Kevin Harvick to Tyler Reddick mid corner. I don't know what really happened there. If Riddick was just kind of arrow loose or something, or if Harvick just wanted to create chaos because he was bored. I, don't I know. would <laughs> stick with the latter just because this is no fucks given tour. I mean, he said it himself in an interview. He said that if he's yeah, he said of, on Stack and Penny, he said if he, but but he wasn't a mid pack car. You know, he he could go up front mm. when if he wanted to. So unless but Reddick if he pissed him off. Of the but if he but if he's bored. Or mid pack is going to cause chaos, but I don't think that was either the case. I think I don't think so. Either. I think there's a lot of aerodynamics and twitchiness to come to play uh, to back to twenty. What is it? Well, the forty five to the yeah bumper. 
I saw a lot of that in this race. A lot of guys would get in the corner and kind of arrow wash a little bit, and it everybody would have to. Yeah, they'd have to check up, and that's how Ryan got destroyed, and Travis Pastrana. Um, more. They on also those. said uh, Tyler Reddick also said uh, on a that the Toyotas didn't like to be pushed. No, and the Toyotas. You know, I told this to Phil. You said that in a team meeting today. Yeah, I told Phil, I said, I think the we were talking about speed in the cars. Chevy's had the single car speed, which is why they were on the front row. They The Fords had the pack speed, and they could draft and pass much better. The Toyotas had nothing. Like, they were just kind of turds. Yeah, so, they could get there with a little help, but meh. Yeah, if they led lines, that line went backwards. You there's know. a somewhat simple way to fix that. But all these NASCAR fans that want a perfect-looking race car that looks exactly like the streetcar model which is are going to get majority. their fucking panties in a wad. It's a stock car. It's no not- stock car has ever looked actually 100% stock. Stop trying to fucking do it. For Except for, like, the 70s. <laughs> the 70s they, even then, they were missing the windows. They had shit taken off of them, shit over the headlights. like Full tube chassis, yeah. It's well, they true. <laughs> didn't necessarily have full tube chassis everywhere, but they did in the seventies. They had full tube chassis in those. Yeah, cars. but like Shit, back even in the, 50s, the even in the sixties, they had them. Um, like let yeah. it let it be a stock car. Let it have a flat nose that lines up with the middle of the back bumper, smooth. I don't give a shit. I just want to see good racing. Phil just wants banging. the return of the cot. Yes. <laughs> Tandem racing was the best fucking drafting. And let's see the... I witnessed it in person and it was bad ass. Let's bring back that ugly ass rear wing too. Thing that lifts you <laughs> off the ground when you spin out. Like the Stafford limited late models? Correct. Uh, I was watching a TikTok. I actually sent it to Jesse. It was about the 1983 Daytona 500 and uh it was with Cale Yarbrough when he flipped his car in qualifying and they didn't have another car at the track right and they had to go to the local Hardee's where they had the quote unquote show car which was yes. a Pontiac with Pontiac Le Mans Le Mans yeah well, he was running an Oldsmobile at the time right no he was running the, he had the new Monte Carlo it was 83 oh. the Pontiac Le Mans is, was Pontiac's answer to the Malibu basically yeah yeah and um they had to go get that car from its assignment as a what do you call it as a display, display car. car? Yeah, that's what it is. And they had to go race prep it. They like didn't sleep for three days and they had it in the, sh- the garage trying to race prep it. But apparently it was actually a purebred race car. Like it was just a good piece. And even after they like, they didn't have backup cars back then. They're like, what? Well, we didn't need them. You know, usually we didn't crash or do something stupid to necessitate them. Nowadays, everybody's got the same cars, and they don't, and everybody brings backup cars. So it's like it was, it was really interesting watch because he's out there with a car that's a year old, and NASCAR's just like, whatever, it's legal, go race it. And that's that was mostly a short track car, anyway. Yeah, and he won the Daytona 500 with the display car, which is really nothing. I mean, this is the shit that you wouldn't see nowadays. No, of course not. But it it does make me nostalgic with all with the differences in in the race cars. It makes me nostalgic back to a time I remember in the nineties when in eighties and nineties when manufacturers used to bitch and complain, holy murder, that one manufacturer had the had the advantage over the other, and and, oh god, the Fords are too fast on you know. Oh, but 
you know, the the Chevys had more downforce than the short tracks or whatever. And the Thunderbird was just like the catalyst of that in the mid eighties. It was uh, hilarious. It was both. It was it was all of them. Yeah, and they it all they all, all played the games with each other. It was just it was just so exhausting to listen to. Like they would build specific Buicks just to have the body for it for NASCAR and shit, just because it was so, so yeah, much smaller. Yeah, there was smaller. only 106 <laughs> Buick Lesabers ever built just to just for them to make a Cup car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it had this slanted rear window so that yeah. it could compete with the Thunderbird. I've and, got it and on iRacing. <laughs> I yeah. got it on iRacing. I love the thing. Yeah, that was a Lesaber. Uh, I forget Grand what National. Was. Yeah, yeah, they didn't make any of those. Like, Phil and I were on iRacing the other day testing stuff out. We pulled out the old COT car, went to Daytona, unrestricted. Hilarious, because you can't get close enough to bump draft or else you lose the nose, and you got a lift going into the corners, and it creates so much separation that it's like you wouldn't see that much pack racing. Shit, it's probably safer. <laughs> I don't care you're doing 233 miles an hour at the end of the straightaway. It's probably safer because you have to separate. But no, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. So, take away arrow, make it, the car slide around. It was fun though. Like I said, I it, thought it was a good race. It was no, it was hilarious to do that shit on iRacing. Oh, that yeah, <laughs> hauling off at two thirty with a car, and you got to you got to lift at Daytona, or else you're sliding into the wall. Yeah, it's it's like driving a really big, really fast, obnoxious Charlotte. Well, then we went and we took the actual cars out, and we were doing like one eighty eight. And we thought it was slow, and we were really, really oh, yeah. bored, so we just crashed each other in the first five minutes. But anyway, uh, let's get back to the 500 here. Uh, let's see. So how many millions of dollars do you think was was all wadded up there at the end of the race? That's a good question, because these cars are genuinely not the cheaper solution this as is, they made them out to be. This is not a cost save. $50,000? Yeah, yeah, three hundred more like four hundred. So they want to save money on lug nuts, so that they can wad up three hundred fifty thousand dollar cars every time they go to a plate <laughs> trademark copyright. Hey, NASCAR spent all winter developing a new lug nut that would not back off if it was left loose, and then they scrapped it right before the season started. <laughs> Why? Yeah. You know this because they're fucking NASCAR. I gave it a year. Okay, I think we all gave it a full season. We saw the the strengths and weaknesses of this car. And I'm not going to waver from my opinion that this car is unnecessary. Uh, they built it for a future that doesn't exist. They built it for a fan who doesn't watch. And more than likely, it was designed by a president of the company who doesn't watch oval racing. He watches Isma. So, he owns it as well. Yeah, he owns it. Sorry. But um, this was a car we didn't really need to have. I mean, they're trying to say that they need to go to this type of gearbox and all this shit because they want to do, what is it, hybrid, electric, how, possibly how in the future. How many street cars was it come with a sequential five-speed manual gearbox? Or that's one rear, lug nut. That's rear-mounted. Jesus Christ, cat. Or one lug nut. <laughs> Yeah. No. Zero. Zero. I mean, it's it's unnecessary. The other cars, Ooh. let's all be fair. The old car, what was it, Gen 7? Whatever. Is that what it was? Yeah, I don't Gen even remember. Six. Was it Gen 6? I think it was Gen 6. Okay, yeah, Gen the, 6. It was right after, whatever was after COT, Gen 6 car. 
the current Xfinity series. The current car. Xfinity car. Uh, Xfinity put on way better racing last year. Uh, all you had to do with this chassis was change the body. I don't know. Well, it, a lot of there's a lot of to to mount that rear to mount that rear mounted transfer case or whatever. You're probably looking at moving a lot of bars that you can't see from we didn't, TV. Yeah, but we didn't need that. We yeah. could have just left the cars the way they were. Well, they could have updated the body. Continued to work on the safety of the chassis by increasing the structure around the driver and fucking sent it. Why didn't they just... Here, Jess, this is a good one for you. You'll love this. I know that they went with the the new car. They have a single manufacturer type of thing, right? It's all basically CAD drawn. Communism? It is, essentially, but it's... Proprietary or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's one manufacturer. It's an assembly line. They're all robot laser welded. And they're all basically just produced on a line. Yes. Why couldn't they just do that with the last car? Good question. Why didn't NASCAR own it? And then they can just stamp their seal of approval on them. And then they can hire all of those fabricators from all the teams that got fired when this new car came along and had them build it and they could still work in the industry. That's a great question. Take all the jigs from all the teams, come up with the best one, have all those fabricators build the chassis, the teams buy it at a very nominal price because they're all chartered in, and then all those fabricators don't lose their jobs, everybody still gets the same car, and it's all stamped out by NASCAR because that's what you're doing now anyway. I don't know. Because it's NASCAR, they have to dick with stuff. (laughs) True. Also true. I don't have the answers. I just have ideas. I don't know if they're good or not. Um, but anyway, like I said, we've already figured out that the safety of the car is not good, you know, because people are still hating it. Hey, uh, no cars caught on fire spontaneously this time. Except for Ty Gibbs. No, uh, this race. Oh, this race. Yeah. Nobody, nobody caught fire spontaneously. Yeah. The, The Ty Gibbs thing was confirmed to be an installation mistake by the team too. Well, still leaves room for error. So. But they, anyway, they just didn't like the promised one. <laughs> I don't like. He him had either. to. He had to spend. Thir- he had to spend his thirty days in the hot desert, <laughs> being tempted by hellfire himself, Satan. Oh, yeah. I guess Christopher from- Bell's and uh, Martin Truex also had that issue. They just didn't fully catch fire. I was thinking Jesse was talking about the Iliad of Homer for there there for a minute, and I'm like, oh, no, wait. I went biblical. He, for, oh, he went biblical. Jesus. Yeah, I was like, oh, the greatest story ever told. That's right. I'm like, shit, I was way we, off. We already that. talked about Jesus. He was in the late model race in New Smyrna. Hmm. Oh, that's redneck Jesus. Oh, yeah, not the same Jesus. That one's actually liked. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Well, we don't like Ty Gibbs. Um. So anyway, yeah, they they uh, made sure to spend a lot of money on this race. I think that Harvick and Reddick wreck took out Reddick and Eric Jones, Chase Elliott, damaged a whole bunch of others. Uh, it was pretty much clean and green until about 19 to go when they started to cycle the final uh, green flag stops in a stack up in turn one. As the groups kind of merged, saw Michael McDowell get into the back of Ryan Priest. That triggered a wreck that took out Priest, Briscoe, Truex. That was the accordion effect from... Everybody just stacked up. Stacking up, trying to stay in front. Yep. You're going to get that. Blocking lanes. Yeah, just faster lanes coming. Everybody's merging after pit stops. Just 
I yeah. thought Ryan had a legit shot to win that race. He was in fifth when they when they started last pit stops. Yeah, yeah. he had a fifth. shot. He had was, the car to do it. He had the car to do it. He was in fifth. They did a perfect pit stop. Led some no of one, race. He led some of it. He did not speed or have any pit road penalties. They executed all day. He was in a good position. He was in he the main draft. Smart. He drove the perfect race. And then got wrecked by somebody else. Unlike the winner. The winner did not drive the perfect race. Fucking but he didn't doll. wreck anybody else. He didn't wreck nobody. <laughs> but he sped on pit road and was a lap down with like 20 to go. Right. Uh, much like Daniel Suarez, who spun after that. Yeah. To oh, my bring... God. Can he retire from plate tracks? <laughs> Didn't he cause another wreck? He caused every wreck. Which one did he not cause? I don't know. I like uh, Daniel Suarez, but he is terrible at those tracks. No, he's pretty awful. Um, a dart without feathers. But that set up a green-white checker because he spun with three to go and got stuck in the grass. Did you see the push truck push him out? Yes. It was like... They just said, fuck you, get out of here, bitch. <laughs> it was like that episode... Well, I was of, worried about Daniel Suarez getting a concussion because it was a very heavy rear-end impact. Yeah, me too. It was like that... <laughs> it was like watching Top Gear when like, uh, oh, God. Hammond went to bump start May on the most dangerous road and he just slams into him. Nobody else remembers that but me. That was Clarkson that, that, the and, start. That was Clarkson and May threatened him with a knife. Well, that's happened multiple times. <laughs> that's right. Multiple times. So, so anyway... um. Yeah, Kyle Busch and teammate Austin Dillon battling teammates Brad Keselowski and Chris Buescher. That was going to be a real fight at the end between the two teammate sets. Um, restart had the RC. This pissed me off. The restart, the RCR teammates lined up in separate lanes instead of nose to tail. And on the they're like, oh, we're going to do a teammate restart where you know Austin Dillon dumps the gas on the restart and Kyle Busch dives in front of him. If you just started, they, they had the choose rule. Why didn't you just start right in front of each other? I mean, it, that kind of start works on mile and a half and on short tracks, not so in play tracks. Because, because the three car had to dump the gas to allow Bush to pull in, that killed the bottom lane. So guess who came by was the top lane. The top lane never had anything slow down. Yeah. They just kept their momentum going. I'm like, this is exactly what I said was going to happen. Your favorite and yep. my favorite driver, Joey Logano. Hail yeah. Satan! <laughs> I'm starting to like Joey. I hate to admit no. it. No. I'm starting to like Kyle Busch, too, and I hate to admit that. No, fuck Joey and his new hairdo. Um, did like, you see that thing? It looks like a beaver pelt. Jesus Christ, He's got guy. a cat on his head. <laughs> Holy crap. It does. I mean, I'm glad he got his hair back so that he actually looks like not the guy who parks. Uh, he should have went bald like Jeff Bezos and became a supervillain. I mean, what the fuck? No, he, he looked like the guy who wears a really gross flannel in a car that's really old who parks suspiciously close to the elementary school when it lets out at the end of the day. Yeah. And um, now he looks like, like I said, he looks like he's got a beaver pelt in his head. We're not used to him with hair. So we fear change. So. He needs to just grow a mustache and put his glasses on, and he'll look like Flanders. <laughs> Adley Ho! He's <laughs> got the personality for it. Oh, but he's two-faced, and he's dangerous. Yeah, shut up, you asshole. And then, and then Kyle Busch and, and he were working together in the race. Yep. Uh, that didn't last, but uh, let's see. Yeah, they had to bunch up the bottom line to get Bush back in. 
did not kill the momentum up top, and they were hauling on by. Ricky Stenhouse and Kyle Larson and all those guys got by. And then uh, they wrecked about 13 cars when Dylan got turned by a bad push from Byron or whatever the fuck happened there. I don't care. Uh, the second green-white checker finish had Stenhouse line up up top. Joey Logano pushed him because uh, he was a leader. Last lap, they were side-by-side side as Stenhouse got a better push, and uh, the entire field wrecked behind them again. Uh, Travis Pastrana had a top 10 going, and he was basically just trying to finish. He was he was being the good guy. You know what I mean? He's like, I don't want to ruin anybody's race. I'm just here because I want to experience it, and I wanted to do this, and I'm not going to be an asshole. And he had somebody kind of stack up in front of him, and he rolled out of it, and he got absolutely run over by yet another NASCAR regular. Uh, it was Still the, finished 11th. He still got credit for 11th. I wish he got that top 10, and I wish he could have been able to actually finish. I think he was going to finish in the top five. He could have. Very well have. I mean, he was he hovering was around. He was in that line that had momentum. He, was, he just hovered around last place the entire race. And then at the very, very end was like, okay, we'll see where we can go. I'll just I could see him too in the car. He's riding around going, Man, this is so cool. I really like this. I'm having fun. It, it's probably that's safer his personality. for him. It's probably safer for him. With age get a cage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um but yeah, he said that this was probably gonna be a one and done thing. He says he's looking to quote slow down. Um, which for Travis Pastrana is means only jumping off three hundred buildings a year. Um, well, I, th- I think he also just watched one of his best friends die, and he's like, "Man, I'm not getting any younger." Who is that? Ken Block. Oh yeah, yeah. I forget about that one real easy. Yeah, I mean, he was teamed up with Ken to do the the um, uh, Jim Connor videos. Actually, he was taken over for Ken on those videos. Yep. Um, and uh, and he just did Ken one. Block's wife so. and all that was at the 500. He was, they were there for qualifying day and everything with with Travis and Lindsay and that whole group. Ah, I didn't even know that. Yep. Yeah, just a freak shit thing. But uh, but uh, he said, yeah, probably a one and done. Probably gonna just chill. He did a lot of dirt racing. He said he's won some titles at you know American Rally and stuff. And he says he wants to just kind of do it. He said he did it. He said it was one of the most amazing days of his life. And I. I wouldn't doubt it, man. If he just comes out and just almost top tens the thing at the Daytona 500 of all races, that's pretty awesome. Hey, let's also not forget he won a, even though it was a B feature, he won a feature at uh, Volusia in the Dirt Imkamod. Yeah. Yeah. He'd only been in one like, what, twice? Two or nights. Two nights. Yeah. One the night before and that night. <laughs> yeah, it's he won not a race. Bad. I don't care what race it was. He won something. <clears throat> Yeah. Um, it was the longest Daytona 500 in history, I think based on distance and not time, right? Probably distance. Yeah, because it was, what, 212 laps? Something like that? It was yeah. like 12 it's, laps over? It, it was, yeah. They had a couple green-white checkers, which they only usually do, so yeah. I think the previous record was 209 or something like that. But yeah, yeah, fuel they, miles was an issue. It was a definite issue. Um, fun fact, as we near the two-hour mark. Actually, no, we don't. <laughs> Uh, fun fact, the last three winners of the Daytona 500 have a combined five career cup races or that they've won. And the degenerate gamblers that they were all, uh, three above 3000 to one to, uh, win the race. Yeah. Um, all three of them. Michael McDowell has won one race and that was the Daytona 500. Austin Sindrick has won one race. That is the Daytona 500. 
And Ricky Stenhouse, who has now three cup wins to his credit, I believe they were all on uh, super speedways, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I believe he's he I won what Daytona, he has Talladega, a Talladega, or Talladega twice. I can't remember. Yeah, and he, won he won day, he won Daytona for sure on the Fourth of July because he had the seventeen seventy six celebration. Oh, I'll that's right. Yeah, I yeah I forgot about that. By the way, how do you forget that? Well, I didn't. Ref- I I didn't forget it. I just forgot what track it was at. Yeah, that was Super America. Oh, okay. But yeah, he won three races. By the way, he's um in the lead for best victory lane celebration. Did you see him climb the fence? And then do two overhand pull-ups at the top of the fence on the wire. I'm like, from the safety wire. I'm like, that's pretty fucking baller right there. <laughs> CrossFit. <laughs> well, when you're four foot seven, it's you don't have a lot of mass to move. So yeah, that's true. But he gets after it though. It's pretty good. The guy gets out and he just it's finished pretty, a, fi- a four and good. a half hours in Florida heat in the Daytona 500. Gets out, not only climbs the fence, but does pull-ups at the top of the fence. I'm like, okay. He's doing those pull-ups screaming, fuck you, Danica. <laughs> it's, fuck, uh, it's one for Danica, one for Jack Roush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn, you're missing income stream. Here's why. I'm gonna, uh, story time, everyone. Not a rant, but I, right. I, I, I have something for why, story. why I like Stenhouse winning because, well, other than the obvious things where, you know. I like Stenhouse. I like it. it, it he's a little guy. Nope, pun definitely intended, and for a little team, and you know something, guys, I'll tell you this right now, uh, it's not often you see Brad Doherty dunk on Jordan or anyone else back in <laughs> back in the day, but I'll tell you what, when you did, it meant something. If he's gonna posterize somebody, it meant something, and it did this weekend, metaphorically speaking. By the way, it was I think the first Daytona 500 win for a minority and a woman owner because Tad and Jody Geschichter, I think, is their last name, still own part of that team. Yeah, they do. And um, yeah, long time staples in NASCAR. They did a lot of Bush North stuff, did a lot of Xfinity stuff. I think Jeff Fuller raced for them, and Ryan Priest. What about yeah, Teresa though? And Ryan Priest. What's that, Phil? Teresa's won a 500 as an owner. Did she? Oh, DEI. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. DEI has. Well, it's only the second then. <laughs> so See, we tend to forget about that. So so I was just going to say, you know, I'm going to say also good for Ricky because he is also one of those guys that's like a safe target to make fun of. You know, like a Cody Ware is a safe one to make to make fun of and bully. It's like, it's like people making fun of Christians because they know they're not going to fight back, right? Or Listen, car- I'll never make fun of Cody Ware because he's running IMSA, IndyCar, and NASCAR, right? And uh, Carrot Top, mm-hmm. uh, and Nickelback. No, actually, you should make fun of Nickelback. Car- Nickel Chad smack. Kroger. Chad Kroger's a douche, but anyway, it's he's always been a safe one to make fun of and some of it has been like well earned you know with uh the whole recce spin house era very aggressive in the super speedways he was fired by jack roush for driving too aggressively uh yeah and the xfinity team right you know also but you know or he was sat down by them for doing that well he, yeah. It, it, yeah but well i mean he's it's not like he's the only one that causes wrecks at daytona i mean joey logano he gets to wreck half the field all the time with some stupid blocks uh blocking half the field. but hey he's the champion and he's won the 500s and he also kisses tv and radio's ass so he's you know not as big of a pariah Hail Satan! but uh 
Anyway, <laughs> that's going to be a bit now. I guarantee it. Yeah. Mention Joey Logano, and that's going to come up. Yeah. But, you know, something Ricky Stenhouse has always been up front during the, the plate races. Always been up front. He's usually really good at it. He's got a lot. Of, you got to have a lot of skill to run up front consistently all the time. So I kind of hope he got respect. And uh, uh, oh, besides, uh, here's a little fun fact: he was also the last Roush driver to win multiple races in one year. And how long ago was that? That was 2017. Yep. Well, and he was the last driver for Roush to win more than one race in the year. Yep, because he won those two plate races. So give a little, you know. Show a little respect. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Seriously, you don't luck into winning multiple plate races. You can luck into one. Yeah. But you yeah. don't luck into multiples. Multiple yeah, races. Denny Hamlin said that exact thing this week. Oh, you, yeah, you, just he did. Don't luck in, you don't luck into that many of them. No. no. Yeah, I agree. You got to put yourself in position. You got to know how to work the air, work traffic. Sometimes you got to be lucky, obviously. Ricky stayed out of trouble all day when trouble was all around him. It just never got to him. Ryan Priest oh, put like, himself into a good position as well, but they got him. T- so, I mean, you do have to have some luck, but that's like not when, a, that's when not one hundred percent. Haley won, won at Daytona. What was it? Two, three years ago in the Spire car. Yeah, in a rain shortened race, he still had to put himself in the position, and he was there most of the race. Yeah, it's not like it's not like every single spotter was yelling, screaming about weather and get up front. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like you, you, you put yourself in position. You got a chance to win these races. It's there's a skill to it. It's a craft. Exactly, there is. It's still fifty percent luck. But <laughs> and they're twenty percent. But that skill fault. does count for a lot. I was gonna say it's twenty percent luck. Yeah, it's twenty percent at fault. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Oh, so by the way, um, was it just me or was it was every- just you? Everybody no. bitching about how the race ended and how many of them were Logano fans. Like it, they couldn't even hide it. Like I'm looking at uh, the guy who runs the NASCAR Tour fan page on Facebook. There, Sean and, Ryan Bailey. Yeah, whatever his name is, Simp Ryan it's Bailey. Just, it's just like <laughs> trying to trying to justify why NASCAR should have thrown the yellow and why it being the button press is not the way to go. And it's like, bro, it's been that way for freaking years. It's like, Joey was a, I'm like, show me that you're a Logano fan without showing me that you're a Logano fan. It's like, if you, Oh, well, would you throw the caution here? Yeah. But did they? No. So that's what they're going off. Jesus Christ. Objectively, it didn't (laughs) seem like they held it for too long or were, were hovering over the button either and doing it really, really quick. It just seemed like an average uh, delay between when the cars hit the wall and then when the yellow came out. By the way, they don't throw the yellow until the race director says, put it out. Right. So there's always going to be some kind of a delay. You know what's going to happen someday, guys? One day we're going to have G-meters and crash sensors and and... Automatic spin and yellows. spin die, and then they're just going to take the human element completely out of it because that's what it is. It's a human element. There's no other way around it for now. And then once those once those sensors are triggered, it's going to trigger the, the yellow lights. That's going to happen someday, I'm pretty sure. Do you want to know my opinion? There was absolutely no difference in how they put the caution out 
and determined a winner than every other goddamn time that they've done it. Seriously. They had to do it in the Xfinity race. I mean, <laughs> it's it, there's nothing different here. Nothing. Just You might as well have just come straight out and said that you were a Joey Logano fan and that he should have won. Well, guess what? He didn't win because that's what happened. End People just create something to cry about every just, time. And Yeah, and all you're doing is just making it a negative image for the sport because you just can't handle hey, it. Just hey, which half, which half of the Snuggle Ball uh, Super Bowl fans were happy? <laughs> they were watching? The, the, <laughs> the, super, the half of the Snuggle Ball fans for the Super Bowl are happy because the Chiefs won, and the other half were pissed about it. Mm-hmm. That is sports. Uh, Somebody's yeah. going to be angry. They're always going to be angry, but that doesn't mean they need to be vocal. Well, so. it doesn't mean you, you could you could be vocal. It just you shouldn't be catered to. Yeah, <laughs> I know they just shouldn't because, as anything in the world, the internet is a cesspool of idiocy. So it was just, a mistake. They, they keep breeding. If there's I one, say person it all that, the time. It gives people who don't deserve a platform a platform. Yeah, if you want to find the negative opinion to something, who, just go to the internet. Should be on the platform to get deplatformed. If you enjoy, here's the thing. If you enjoyed the race, you're probably in the majority because you go to the internet and you find the people who are bitching, and it's on on ratio far lower than the actual viewers of the the show. So I'm not a fan of any plate race. So it's always a it's always a it's always a shit show to me. I'm not a fan of it. I had never have been a fan of it. I absolutely fucking hate this racing. I mean, okay, Kyle but, Busch doesn't like it either. Uh, yeah, but you know what? What am I going to do? Watch golf? No. You know? I'm going to watch it. I'm going to still have to watch it. What else am I going to watch? I would like to give my opinion, but I mean, I'd they don't have to sucks. listen to me, and I know that. You know? And I'd just say, well, you know, it's not going to stop me from watching. I'm not going to be that guy who says, I'm not watching anymore. There were plenty of those guys. I looked at the, the NASCAR tweet about uh, Stenhouse winning, and um, th- there was a few that said, I don't know. I don't watch no more. Okay, well, you still follow him on Twitter. If you don't watch, why do you still care enough to follow him, you asshole? <laughs> Congrats. Congrats on the attention that you just got. I am out of notes. Anybody got anything else? Nope. I'm all set. I think we've given our idiot opinions enough for this week. All right, yeah, well, let's do the listeners a favor and wrap this shit up. Yeah, <laughs> instead of two-and-a-half-hour shows, now they're two-hour shows. <laughs> right on par all right this all right you can find this podcast on every major podcast platform you can find us on instagram at making laps podcast facebook.com slash making laps podcast have your voice heard by the way go to anchor.fm slash making laps and you can leave us a voicemail those are fun to get i really enjoy those so do that Subscribe to us, by the way, if you if you have a favorite listening platform. You Why can, don't you subscribe to me? Because you don't have anything to subscribe to, and you <laughs> could, you could send us you could send us some feedback to makinglapspodcast at gmail.com. You can also get in touch with us individually. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at brentgleason01, youtubecom slash brentgleason. Uh, if you find me on Facebook, don't be. <laughs> don't be uh, upset or feel like it's personal that I don't friend you. I usually just try not to do that. I just keep people on there that I kind of know. You can find Phil at at PJ's Racing on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And just so you can no. find, him find him by him looking out the window if, in a toaster driving around your streets. 
Just order something from Amazon and in the e- in Eastern Connecticut. If you order something off Amazon, you can probably well, it might come through him. You can come. You can find me in a in a garganical. I don't even know what that is. Boy, how do we end the show? <laughs> Please do it nice, by the way. Keep the door side down. Say offense. Thank you for listening. I give you. I gave you Pokemon cards. The ASMR version. No, I already paid him with Pokemon cards today. He can do it a little louder for everybody. Keep the door side down. Stay out of fence. Thank you for listening. All right. Thank you all for listening again. I greatly appreciate it. <laughs>